Welcome to the Taiwanese Diaspora Podcast, where we use personal storytelling to connect people of Taiwanese heritage from all around the world. I am Cynthia, and I'm excited to use this podcast platform as a way to explore stories of immigration, of career selection, of mental health, of identity, and uh, about what it means to be Taiwanese X. So we've got a lot more to come, and I hope you enjoy. 大家好,欢迎收听台湾人网络广播。我是阿秀,然后用这个平台来跟华侨华裔的台湾人聊他们的生活,过程和未来的梦想。Tony and I talked over the summer of 2019. I'm just getting around to editing it now. I wanted to split the interview into two episodes. Episode 13 will talk about his experience growing up in both the Canadian school system as well as the American school in Taiwan school system and going to college in Canada and then going back to Taiwan to do the alternative military service um, and now being back in Canada again for his master's. In episode 14, um, Tony talks about his mental health journey and some self-care tips. Um, and I thought that warranted uh, a standalone episode. These episodes are in English. So we hope our conversation is helpful to you um, and would love to hear what you think. Well,二零一九年的暑假跟胡慕明聊。我现在整理出来,然后把它分成两段。第一段是讲他在台湾出生,在加拿大上学,后来回台湾上美国学校,然后回加拿大上大学,然后回台湾做替代役,然后现在又
Taiwanese drama. Yeah, it deals with a lot of like really heavy issues, from like capital punishment to like like the law and like justice. And then there's also stuff with mental health. Oh, cool! It's like all the taboo topics that no one like really likes to talk about in Taiwan culture. Yeah, <laughs> but I I really enjoyed it because like I never really seen a show or like let alone a Taiwanese TV show kind of talk about these issues, and they are like these issues are kind of they are kind of related to things that I'm personally interested in. So that was really interesting and really cool to watch. Yeah. So like on that note, like let's talk a little bit about mental health and and associated things. Like from you know your journey on trying to find your purpose or career. Yeah. So I did. I studied psychology in undergrad. Um, like and what I'm doing now, right back in Canada, is I'm, I guess, studying to be, I'm studying social work, so to become a social worker, and. So I guess when it comes to mental health, I have there's the side that's it, my interest in it in terms of whether it's career or whether it's just like what what I can do, and then there's also the the personal like personal journey part, and so I think like the personal journey parts for me it kind of starts in maybe I guess high high school university where like in, in university I had a I went through a pretty rough period. Or I felt really depressed, and I think there there are a lot of factors that kind of led to that. From everything from academic stress to I think expectations, like not being able to meet personal and or maybe like family or fe- like expectations from other people. I think a lot of people in university kind of feel that pressure to be competitive or to be like to achieve a lot to have everything figured out. Yeah, and I think for me, school was never really something that was difficult until I hit university, and so it was a really new experience. I think for me, just to be like, "Oh my goodness, I might not, might not, I might not be able to keep up." What happens if I fail? Yeah. Yeah. Or what if I find out that they let me in, like the imposter syndrome that everyone feels, myself included. <laughs> yeah, and also I think for me, for me, like a big part of it was like. Like, well, what am I going to say to my friends? What am I going to say to my parents who supported me so much and helped put me in this position to even be able to, like, to go to school in another country and that sort of thing. So I, I kind of, like, crashed and burned towards the end of university where I graduated, but kind of, like, barely. And at that point in my life, yeah, I was really, like, kind of, I didn't have direction. And I didn't, like, I, I had, like, I studied psychology and, I wasn't really, I think, confident in myself, and I didn't really have much belief in myself that, uh, like, that I could, whether it's like, even like find a job or like do something that I want or like what did I want, what did I even want to do? Like, is is helping people with mental health, is helping people with their problems something I wanted to do or I was even capable of doing if I couldn't take care of myself, and this and these kinds of thoughts and these kinds of things, and that sort of led me. To go back to Taiwan, because my family have always been really supportive of me and really kind, in the sense that like they're always like it's okay if you want to take a break or if, if you like aren't sure what you want to do like we're always here for you you can always like, come home to us kind of and would they would they say that in Chinese would they say that explicitly Yeah, they would, which I which I think is is not always the case, but I think. 
a lot of Asian families. So I think I, I'm very lucky to have parents. I guess that would, I would say that. But I think like for me, like even a bigger problem was having the courage to even like tell them in the first place. And I think also because like mental health in Taiwan is it is still something that is quite stigmatized right. and not many people feel comfortable talking about it or or they view mental health as this thing that's like, oh, like just deal with it, like or, or like suck it up. It means you're not working hard right. enough or or like I mean everyone everyone's suffering, so like why are you just and why are you complaining? Like, yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. I guess like how did you end up breaking the news or like asking for help or how did you position it? Yeah. So at the time I couldn't even get the courage to do that. So I think, so what happened was like my mom kind of like figured out something was wrong and then she flew all the way to Canada to kind of like rescue me basically. Oh, mom intuition. Yeah. And basically convinced, half convinced, half like dragged me back to Taiwan. And during that time, yeah, I really wasn't doing well. Yeah. Cause I think being depressed is a lot like you feel smothered, really. Like, and you有一点这样，别人丢一个很重的杯子在你身上，然后你你是你是怎么着？like你做什么都要用很很大力气，然后连洗澡就已经已经takes and also, I think it was like having to reframe and do a little bit of like self-talk. I had kind of associated success or failure based off of things like grades or things like career success or what my future looks like or like finances or money and that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's very Asian. Yeah, I think right? so too. And yeah, I think because, yeah, right. Education is such a huge value in Asian communities. And yeah, which, which I'm not saying that education is not important. But I think that, like, it can be such a like a big pressure point for a lot of people that if if people maybe like run into a situation where they find it hard to handle, it can it can really like sink them. And then because of like the the expectations of the people around you, because maybe education is such a big factor or such a big value, then it makes people like not want to open up about it. And so. Hmm. What do I say next? No, thank you so much for sharing that. I feel like it's something that a lot of people can relate to, but either don't have the language or the confidence or the courage to talk about. Yeah. And yeah. So, yeah. And I'll touch that with like me too, yeah. but I'm not ready to talk about it publicly yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like a lot of like the support from people around me, like friends that I didn't even think would still want to be my friend, kind of like coming to me and being like, hey, like, just wanted to check up on you or like, hey, how are you doing kind of thing? Because I think when, when, when I was in that, when I was in that dark period, I kind of cut off a lot of contact with a lot of friends thinking that, oh, well, like I'm not doing well. These friends won't want to talk to me kind of. Yeah. You don't want to burden them. Or... Yeah. And that too. Yeah. Yeah. But like a lot of them kind of like sticking around and saying like, no, it's like, it's okay if you're not doing well. We're like, we're, st we're still here. We're still around. Yeah. You got some amazing family and friends. Yeah, I do. Yeah, and also, like, I do want to mention therapy because I do think that therapy is, it's, it's something that I did not use then, which I kind of regret because as someone who, like, who is in therapy now <laughs> and who has, like, I've used therapy before, 
this kind of incident, it is something that I have found helpful and I think can benefit a lot of people in, in a lot of different ways. And I could have probably used it. But at, at the time, it, it was this sort of paradox where as someone who studied psychology and who did a lot of work supporting others, I found myself in a position where even though I was equipped with all that knowledge and if someone was in my situation and they came up to me, I could tell them what to do or at least maybe give them some steps or some ideas about what they could do. I couldn't give that to myself for a really long time. That was, yeah, it was a really tough kind of realization. Yeah, like I still have a lot of, I still have a lot of going up to do and I still have a lot of things to work on with myself. That's so incredible. I feel very much the same. I don't know if I mentioned this over Instagram. I'll probably cut this out okay. <laughs> of the one I post. But um, I also, so I like dabbled in therapy a little yeah. bit in the past, but I never really, it, it really, I think matters the therapist mm-hmm. match because sometimes it just doesn't click. So a couple of years ago, I had gone to a couple of different sessions with a couple of different people. It just didn't click. So I was like, oh, I don't know why am I wasting my money? But then, you know, like, Last year was a particularly difficult time for me as well. And finally, like, went, started going to therapy in October. Mm-hmm. Um, I did group therapy, individual therapy. I'm still in both of them now, actually. Yeah. And it, it was like, it's been incredible. Like, even though the, um, I think that the stuff that I went into, like, why I, like, that got me to therapy has shifted. And now there's a lot of like, it's really cool. Like this, like self-work thing that you're doing, like learning more about like myself, how like there's this whole generational, what do they call it? My therapist uses this term like generational, like something, mm-hmm. some kind of blank word, okay, but like yeah. generational, like scarring or something that comes uh, down, like all the, all the work you're doing yeah. for past generation of not going to therapy. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, and then I found out a lot of my friends are going to therapy. And yeah. I'm just like, this is amazing. Everyone needs a therapist. It's like, <laughs> really cool. I love, I, I just came from a therapy section actually. Oh yeah? <laughs> yeah. 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 So I don't know. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I think therapy is something that, um, from, from my experience, from talking to people in Taiwan about it and stuff, like is, I, I have heard a lot of people say that, like, why, why would therapy be helpful? Or why would I want to talk to a stranger about things that I'm going through and I think also in Asian culture there is this big or wanting to keep private things private I guess maybe like this kind of exists all over the world yeah Baldolian or whatever it may be related to that yeah and yeah or like keeping like whether it's like family stuff or friends stuff like not telling other people about it but like I found the idea of like talking to a stranger kind of helpful because sometimes with friends like because you know them I feel like they, they give you a skewed kind of view, right? Because you know them, they're your friend. They want to make you happy. But like when you talk to someone who you don't really know or like you, who you don't really have a relationship with, they can be more objective or they can give you like a perspective that is a little bit different. And I think that's one of like, that's one of the cool things about therapy. Yeah. And in a way they get to know you in a different context. Yeah. Also. Yeah. And sometimes with friends, like, like I, I try to present like a certain side of myself to my friends. Yeah. And so who knows like if they know the real me. I don't know. Yeah. Do you even know the real you? <laughs> Good question. 
I don't know. Do you have, I don't, I don't know the language for uh, like mental health therapy stuff in Chinese, but I, I wonder if that would be helpful. Yeah. This is something where I wish my Chinese was better. I don't really have much of the language either. Like I, I know some like various vocab in Chinese, but like, like I don't, it's, it's something that I, yeah, I find difficult to talk about in Chinese. Yeah. It is one of the reasons why also like, I decided not to stay in Taiwan to pursue this kind of thing because Ultimately, my English is better. And so just kind of like working through that language barrier probably would have been tough. What's your perception of mental health, therapy, social work, like this sort of support system in Taiwan? Is it something that is more broadly accepted now? Or are there resources for people who seek it in Taiwan? And then maybe talk about the Canadian system as well, because the American system is it's kind of all over the map in terms of like people who need services often find it very difficult. And then there's like the whole insurance hurdle, blah, blah, blah. But both Canada and Taiwan have national health insurance. And I assume it's like actually pretty helpful. Yeah. In, in Canada, we sometimes have this issue of, I think, trying to find therapists that take insurance or that like, that are, I, I guess, covered by insurance. And so I think, I think Canada is sort of similar in the, to the States where, it, it can be a little bit all over the place. Canada is huge land-wise, and in certain cities, there are more resources, more, I guess, options for services and stuff like that. I guess in the West, I think mental health in general is becoming, like people are being more open about it and more willing to talk about it, share about it. And I think just like recognize that it is okay to seek help help for mental health and kind of looking at it as something that is kind of closer to like like you wouldn't stigmatize someone for having like a physical illness and I think like mental health and like social services in the west is moving towards that I, I still think there is a long way to go in Taiwan I think that I think that there is still there's still I think a big perception about mental health and mental illness, like genes and keeping, that kind of thing, as something that is like intertwined with violence or some kind of like some of the tragedies you see in media. My impression is that a lot of times you hear about mental illness sometimes is in, in relation to some sort of like, like there's the criminals and like the justice system or like when people commit crimes, that sort of thing. And or also just like something that you want to keep like really private because like there's an element of it that brings shame kind of. Mm-hmm. If like there is a like whether it's a mental health issue in in your in one's family or in one's friend group kind of, and yeah, so I think in town is it is still pretty difficult I think to talk about a lot of these things. I do feel like there are steps perhaps whether it's resources for people, support groups. Like I, I have heard of maybe a few that have kind of been popping up. I have also heard like that in universities and schools in Taiwan, counseling departments and things in recent years have been like more and more students are willing to go to these places and seek therapy or medication or things like that for for mental health issues, which That's really good I, I, think, I think is a good step. Yeah. Yeah. 
Thank you. Yeah. Are there other things you would recommend? Like, like, I don't know, do you do like meditation or I guess like medication, therapy, meditation, and then I don't know what else fills in the bucket <laughs> doing creative projects. <laughs> yeah. All the things that I've tried. <laughs> yeah. I think there, there are a lot of like, I would put, like, put them under the whole umbrella of like therapies or just like treatment for these sorts of things. I, I think they're all good. Or, like they're all like for certain people, like people can find some of them like helpful. For me, I like meditation and yoga, that sort of thing has never really been that appealing to me. But I do know a lot of people that are that do those kinds of things. I mean, mindfulness, I think, is also a really popular one nowadays, and that people find a lot of benefits and a lot of good out of those things. Medication too. Medication sometimes there can be issues with like over prescribing, or there can be a little bit of controversy around medication. But I feel like if medication helps you, then that's good, as long as like you're careful about it and under the guidance of a professional, I guess. Under this whole like umbrella of self-care there are a lot of different things that people can do to to feel better about themselves and sometimes practicing good self-care is can do a lot sometimes it's not enough like sometimes you do need more serious therapy or medication but other times i think just they're like just reminding ourselves hey like whether it's hey we can like taking a break exercising treating yourself that it's okay to to take time off to care for ourselves or to make sure that we're healthy, make sure that we're okay. That's an important work-life balance and just like the whole, the whole aspect, I guess, of caring for ourselves in today's environment, right? Everyone is rushing. Everyone is trying to, to hustle and to climb, to get to the top of whatever they're doing. Sometimes it can feel like, like there's no time to take a break. Like any, anytime I'm not working or I'm not being productive is like I'm falling behind, that kind of thing. But I, I do think that it is really important to take care of ourselves and to, to remember that like, well, like whether it's our mind or our body or our heart, like that, these are all things too. We need to take care of those too. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's okay. I've, I had a hard time with like the term self-care. I just didn't know what it meant. And there's always something about striving to get better, right? Like yeah. you did that all your life, like going to school, going to college, you know, blah, blah, blah. But there is no real, like, I mean, I like how you talked about like the, you know, it's like the fictitious top. It's like whatever you think it is, but the bar is always going to change. And then, you know, the people talk about like when you get old and on your deathbed, like, what do you think about? Like, is it, oh, I made that extra, you know, dollar or is it that like I got that extra title or is it something else? Like, is it that I have a loving family or, you know, what are the values that matter to you? And getting some clarification on that, it's not easy. Yeah. But it definitely helps to take some time to give yourself that space and time to think about. Yeah, for sure. Because I think it is really easy. I, I feel like a lot of just like whether it's the media or like people around us, families also, they can push us to like strive for success or like they, they treat success as the bar that we're trying to hit. Being like success comes from like money or like, like career aspirations or that kind of thing. And sure, those are important, but... I think if that comes at the cost of one's happiness or like contentment, then how like, then how good is that actually? Right. Especially if you're risking your health too. Right. Yeah. How have you seen yourself change as you're on this journey? Like where, where does it, where do you think you are now and how does it frame like your next steps, if any? Yeah. I see 
myself as not very far from where I once was in, in terms of like, I, I kind of view it as like, I, I am, although like I've, I've made progress and I feel like I'm like, I'm currently not in that like dark depressed place I once was. I feel like I recognize that like I could fall back there anytime. And so just like, so part of it is kind of like being aware that like, Hey, like I still have to like take care of myself. I still have to surround myself with like good supportive people around me. But also I, I do feel like one of the major things that has changed is just my own self image and being more confident in myself and being just like, like happier with who I am and kind of recognizing that like, sure. Like I, I may have had failures and setbacks in my life, but those don't define who you are and I can come back stronger from those. I think I've made a lot of steps also in like being open and being vulnerable. Like it's, I think it's one of the reasons why I'm happy to talk about this on your podcast that could go out to the world. Because I, I do think that it's like, not only that maybe someone listening could find this helpful, but it's also therapeutic to me, I think. Just to think about where I am now and where I've come from, just to think about like, things are okay. Like I taking life kind of like one, one step at a time. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> it would have been so helpful for me mm -hmm. to have heard that like at this time last year, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing it with like whoever's listening. Yeah, for sure. Do you have any sort of way for people to reach out to you if they want to? Yeah. I mean, I'm happy if you want to social media details. I can tag you on Instagram and it's spelled T-O-N-Y-H-U zero underscore zero. People can reach out that way. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Tony. Yeah. Thanks, Cynthia. Good luck with school this year and let's find something else to talk about next time. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to do this again. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. I want to wrap up by saying a big thank you to Tony for being so vulnerable and brave and sharing his story and journey with us and that whoever needs to hear it will find that it resonates with them and that, you know, it's okay to ask for help. For those in the U.S., check out the resources at NAMI.org. That's the National Alliance on Mental Health and spelled N-A-M-I dot org. And there's some great resources there if you need it. And that's it for today. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And please send me a message on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at T-W-D-I-A-S-P-O-R-A, or shoot me an email. It's hello at TaiwaneseDiaspora.com. And if you or other people you know have stories that they'd like to share on this podcast, please send them my way as well. All right, see you next time.